This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame, so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Heidi Murkoff, and I'm a mom on a mission, a mission to help you know what to expect every step of the way. There's no more essential item to buy before you bring your baby home from the hospital. In fact, the hospital won't let you leave without it. A car seat, of course. But with so many car seats on the market, how do you pick the one that's best for you and your baby. Safety's job one for any car seat with baby's comfort and your convenience running a close second and third. But will it fit your lifestyle? Your car? An airplane seat? Or an Uber? Will you need a different seat for each of your cars or just an extra base? Will it be a heavy lift and will you be able to lift it up neatly and snap it into the matching stroller base without waking your sleeping bundle? Can you use it with a stroller at all? 
Can you borrow a car seat from your friend or use the one your preschooler outgrew? Should it be for newborns only or a convertible that fits your baby as she grows? And most of all, will you need to go back and get an engineering degree or even one in rocket science just to be sure you're installing it right? Today, we've got all your car seat bases and basics covered. I am so excited to welcome the world expert on car seats. She's a pediatrician who has also been studying car seats for over 20 years and says she has installed over 15,000 of them which honestly is 15,000 more than I have. Dr. Lisa Bayer, who you might know as the car seat lady. She is a legend and a lifesaver, literally. And she does all of this for one reason only, to help parents keep their little ones safe. She has absolutely no financial ties to any car seat manufacturers, which only makes me love her more. Elisa, first of all, car seats run in your family, I've heard. Yes. You got the car seat bug from your mom. Correct. Who was a trailblazer in car seat safety, which is awesome in and of itself. So tell us a little bit about how you became the car seat lady after first being a pediatrician. I got involved with car seats uh, pretty early on in that uh, my mother has been involved since I was around four or five years old, uh, originally just helping parents become aware that car seats were out on the market and encouraging them to use them. And then uh, it evolved to helping parents use them properly. She would have families come over to her house almost every day and help them install the seats properly. So I would get to play with the kids so that the parents could pay attention. And then my senior year of high school, I went to a school where for a month we had to do an unpaid internship. Uh, we didn't have classes that month, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And my mother is a laboring delivery nurse. My mother kept saying, why don't you just work on the nursery floor of the hospital where I work and just teach the parents what to do with their car seats? And my friends were shadowing doctors or lawyers or accountants, and I could do that for two hours, but not a whole month. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And so it came the day where you had to put down on the form what you were going to do. And I put it down that I was going to help the parents with their car seats. And we're now, this month is 23 years later. And that internship completely changed my life. Because before that, I had never actually helped the parents with the seats. And I really wasn't that interested in it. But it got me hooked. It was, it's really... It's an interesting opportunity to be able to work with parents at special moments in their life. And it's also instant gratification and in that uh, you take a seat that usually has several errors that you know could cause harm and you educate the parent, you give them information and skills, and then they're able to make the changes to keep their child safe. There are plenty of things about being pregnant and having a baby that are inherently overwhelming. Um, but right up there is figuring out which car seat to buy. First, you got to figure out which one to buy and then how to install it. So what are the top things parents should consider when making that super important choice? So I think it's important to stress that the car seat is the only product you're going to buy for the sole purpose of saving your child's life. Hopefully, you'll never need to use it in that capacity, but that is the reason you're buying it. So when thinking about budget and priorities, I think the car seat should be one of the most important purchases that you make, and money should be allotted to that rather than some of the other 
accessories that maybe you don't need as much of. And when choosing a car seat, I think it's important to choose the car seat first and then the stroller. A lot of times parents choose a stroller and then are like, well, the car seat I wanted doesn't fit onto my stroller, so I'll pick a different seat. I would prioritize the car seat first. With that said, options for car seats are plentiful, uh, way too plentiful. And uh, it's hard to choose. So on our website, which is thecarseatlady.com, we've done things differently than most sites, where most sites will give you 10 to 15 seats and they'll give a brief uh, review of each one. We have picked three seats in each category that we think are great options uh, that fall in different price categories. And we tell you why each of them is going to be an excellent choice and help you know that whichever one of those you choose, they're going to be solid choices that are going to be compatible with a wide range of vehicles and many different children. So just starting with basics, there are two types of seats that you could potentially use for a newborn. Um, Can you take us through what those two types are and what the difference is and also why you would recommend one over the other? Yeah. Uh, So the one people are going to be most familiar with will be the infant seat. In some parts of the country, it's called a pumpkin seat. That's the seat that kind of looks like a bucket (laughs) with a handle. It's the one that clicks in and out of a base, typically, that stays in the car, and the carrier can click on and off of a stroller, typically. Those are often called infant seats. I prefer to call them rear-facing only seats in that many of them last beyond infancy. Some kids will uh, get beyond their first birthday in them. Uh, Those seats reasons to choose an infant seat uh, would be for convenience. That's the first thing. And that you can buckle the baby up in the house, straps nice and snug, and then bring them out to the car and just drop the carrier into the base. And also in cold climates, it can make things easier to do. So it can be much easier to dress the baby in the house, get them in thin, tight layers, buckled snug and then put blankets on top to bring the child out to a cold car rather than having to bring the child to the car, take off the coat. And it's important to point out, as you did, that the layers should be thin. I just want to reiterate that because, uh, you know, it's not safe to have the extra padding on the baby because the car seat, it won't be as snug a fit. Exactly. The straps of the car seat have to be really snug. I like to remind parents that this is a harness the child's life depends on. Because oftentimes parents, their first reaction is, oh my God, that's really snug to the body. Or they'll say it's really tight. It is supposed to be tight. Like if you are going to jump out of a plane, no one says, I think my harness is a little tight. Let's loosen it up a little bit. That's a great analogy. (laughs) I love it. But the forces that the body feels at 30 miles an hour are the same as if you jumped out of a third story window. So you would want that harness to be really snug. And puffy clothes, what happens is when you buckle the baby in a puffy coat or snowsuit and you tighten the straps, you're not able to take most of the puff out. But crash forces are extreme. They crumple the steel of the car and they easily push all the extra puff, which is just air, out of the clothes uh, and then leave the straps way too loose for the child's body when it most counts. The other car seat option, of course, is the convertible. Convertible seat, yes. So a convertible seat is one that starts out rear-facing and then converts to forward-facing. Some of those will also have later stages as well. They might be called three-in-ones or four-in-ones, where sometimes the third or fourth stage is a booster stage as well. The convertible seat 
or the three and one and four and ones, uh, those are seats that are designed to go rear facing for much older kids as well. So they'll usually have starting weights around five pounds, but it's important to note that just because a seat says it starts at five pounds, whether it's an infant seat or a convertible seat, some of them are going to fit a five-pound baby better than others. Just like when you buy clothes for the baby and you buy three outfits that all say newborn size and one is too small, one's just right, and one is swimming on the baby, you'll realize that sizing is uh, an imprecise science. So it doesn't matter the size of the seat you pick. It more matters how the internal dimensions are of the straps uh, and just some of the contouring of the seat. Some are going to be better for head position for a small baby. Um, if there's a headrest in the seat that pushes the child's head forward, that's going to be more problematic in that it tends to push the chin down to the chest on the little ones. Uh, some convertible seats work fabulously for newborns, some don't. Some infant seats work fabulously for small babies, and some don't. So all car seats go through rigorous safety testing, but can you tell us a little bit about how those tests actually work? The government has what's called Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standards. Uh, there's many of them. Uh, 213 is the standard that applies to car seats and 225 uh, as well. Well, uh, in that it details not only the crash testing that the car seat has to undergo, but other regulations such as the labeling. You might notice that some of the wording on the car seat's labels is the same between seats. That's because the government sometimes specifies the exact sentence that must appear in the manual or on the stickers. But let's talk about the crash testing. So car seats in the U.S. are required to pass a frontal crash test at approximately 30 miles per hour. Uh, and the way it works is the car seat manufacturer sends their car seat to an independent government-approved crash test lab. And if the car seat passes, then the manufacturer is allowed to sell it in the U.S. And then the government will come back within a year or two, usually, of the car seat hitting the market. They'll buy the seat from Target or Bye Bye Baby or wherever. They'll send it to an independent government-approved crash test lab, run the same test, and make sure that the manufacturer was uh, on the up and up with the seat truly passing. One thing to be aware of for parents is that they should not be getting seats from Alibaba or other places that are shipping directly from China um, are often shipping seats that are not crashworthy. Crashworthy means does the seat protect in a crash? Uh, and so they should be getting seats from places that they know of. So Target, Walmart, Bye Bye Baby, I to support local independent family-owned stores. So there's a whole network called Brixie, which is independent stores. Okay. So parents beware. That's yes. very important information to have. Now you touched a little bit about the head position and it's something that I always warn parents about if the baby's spending a lot of time in an infant seat or in a car seat or in a swing that sometimes exactly. the head position is unsafe. And this is, of course, especially true in a car seat. Can you talk us a little bit about how we know a baby's positioned properly in a car seat? Yeah. So first, let's talk about what is and is not a safe head position. So the one dangerous position for a baby is when their chin is down on their chest. And that means like the bony part of the chin, not all the extra rolls of fat that some babies have. 
safe positions for the head. Looking straight ahead is perfectly fine, but so is turned to the side. And I mention that because a lot of parents feel like the head has to be immobilized in a direct head-on straight position, um, but that does not have to be. Turned to the side is fine. So what's going to keep the child's body and head in a good position? The first thing is when you sit the baby down in the seat, you want to make sure that the child is sitting all the way back. A lot of babies are put in in a slouched position. You want to make sure that before you start tightening the straps, take the child's little thighs and push them back and down uh, so that they are flush with the back of the seat. Whether the child is in the car seat in the car or in the house or on the stroller, wherever it is, it's critically important that the child remains buckled snug. Uh, and when we're tightening the straps, the first thing I want to go over is how to tighten the straps because a lot of parents know one of the steps, but there's two other steps that are commonly forgotten, which leaves slack in the belly and the hip area inadvertently. So when you buckle the baby, everyone is familiar with the tail at the bottom of the seat that you use to tighten the straps. But if all you do is tighten that, you'll get the straps snug at the shoulders, but there will be lots of slack in the belly and the hip area. So here are the two extra steps I want you to add. And we have a video that shows how to buckle a newborn that goes over this because it's easier to see it than to hear it. So you're going to push the chest clip all the way down to the belly right after you buckle the baby's straps. We want to get the chest clip out of the way. So shove it down all the way towards the crotch buckle. Then take the shoulder straps right near where the baby's chest is and pinch the straps and pull firmly upwards. That's going to gather all the slack out of the hips and the belly area. It gathers it to the shoulders. And now when you pull the tail, it's going to remove the slack. And then we're going to repeat those steps. We're going to push the chest clip down to the belly. We're going to pull the shoulder straps up to gather the slack and we're going to pull the tail. We're going to do that a few times until when we pull up on the shoulder straps, we find no more slack pulling up. That's our first sign that things are in the home stretch. Then we're going to put our index finger right at the baby's collarbone area. The first thing we're going to check is that it's not too tight because I know that's what everyone worries about. So if you put your index finger at the collarbone and you can push it all the way through and see your fingertip out the other side, that means that it is not too tight. And then too loose, um, I like to, while my finger is there, I lift my finger up and away from the body, keeping it under the strap. Uh, if I can imagine that I could get a second finger, like a salute at the collarbone area, then that would be too loose. Uh, but either way, you really want to make sure there's no slack anywhere in the harness. Got it. Now, a lot of parents on what to expect Instagram did ask about inserts and towels to support the head. Yes. Uh, so in terms of the head support, the key thing is going to be choosing a seat that's fitting your baby properly. So the seat having a good internal dimension is, is really important. Besides that, um, as far as putting towels or inserts alongside the baby's body or head, the first thing is you should not be buying anything separate for the car seat that did not come with it. So you'll see an entire market of products, extra head inserts, extra covers for the straps, sleeping bags for the winter. If it did not come in the original box with your car seat and it is not in some way directly made by your car seat manufacturer for that specific car seat. Despite what the marketing on the product might say, it is not safe to use. It's a completely unregulated market. So you're going to see a lot of them sold because 
that is where companies can make money. So uh, I think it's important for parents to be aware of where they're being upsold on things that are not necessary. Uh, so anything that you're putting in the car seat besides the baby and a few thin layers of clothes should be able to be put on completely after the child is buckled and buckled snug. That's really important because so many parents worry about that. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Cowie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made Raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public... The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand, when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. 
Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Now we've got bases and seat belts and latches. There are so many different ways to install a car seat. Yes. So what makes the most secure installation? Would it be a car seat with a base or installing it without a base? How would you go about choosing the best system for you? So for a parent who has their own car, they're going to find that having a seat that stays installed is going to be the most convenient. So either the base that you then click the carrier in and out of, where you're hopefully going to read the manual and you're going to take the time and make sure you've installed it properly and then have it checked by a certified car seat technician, um, or you're going to have a convertible seat, which you'll do the same thing and leave that installed. Using a carrier without the base can be very safe. And so uh, if a family lives in an urban environment, like New York City, for example, and wants to take an Uber, or you're flying across the country to visit grandparents, you know, when COVID is hopefully over, in those situations, taking the carrier without the base is really convenient. Uh, assuming you have a seat that can be installed without the base, there are a few seats that cannot, but most infant seats can be installed that way without the base. Then you use the seatbelt, and there's a belt path around the carrier that can allow the carrier to be a standalone car seat. But you do have to install it every time you get in the car when you're using it without the base. And so that can be inconvenient if you're, you know, running seven errands that day. But if you do travel a lot on airplanes, for instance, and a baby should have their own seat with with a FAA-approved car seat, Correct. Buckled into that, and then you can take that car seat. Yes. So if you are a family who's going to be traveling in other cars uh, or taking frequent airplane trips where you're going to be wanting to use the carrier without the base, we're going to recommend that you choose a carrier that has what's called a European belt path. That's the path that the seatbelt's going to take around the car seat as opposed to one that has an American belt path. And it sounds really cool. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Can you explain the latch system just a little bit? So LATCH is an acronym that stands for Lower Anchors and Tethers for Children. So LATCH has parts in the car and parts on the child's car seat. So first, the parts in the car. Uh, In basically every car in the U.S. since 2003, if you sit in the back seat, typically just on the two side seats, let's say you sit on the back passenger side of your car and you stick your hand into the seat crack right on either side of your hip, you're going to feel a metal U-shaped bar. Uh, Those are the lower anchors. And then the key part, the tether, is an anchor that secures the head of the car seat to the car. And the tether anchor is a little more variable in its location in the car. If you have a sedan, it's easy to find the tether anchor. It's always located on that shelf right below the rear windshield the package shelf. And there's one for each of the seating positions typically uh, in that the cars are required to have the lower anchors in at least two seating positions and the tethers in at least three seating positions. So usually in the average car, the center will have a tether anchor, but no lower anchors. And the side seats will have both tether anchors and lower anchors. Uh, For families who have minivans and SUVs with a third row, do not expect to find the latch system in possibly any and almost certainly not in all of the positions. Just because you have a tether anchor in that position does not mean you'll have lower anchors. 
Now, how confident can a parent be that their seat is correctly installed um, if they do it themselves? Now, there's the myth that you go to the fire station or the police station and they're going to know exactly whether the seat is properly installed or not. Who should you trust? There are some police officers and firefighters who are nationally certified child passenger safety technicians, but if they're not trained, it would just be like going to your plumber or your (laughs) electrician or the server at the deli for help with your car seat. So what I want to stress is that knowing how to install a car seat properly is a learned skill. It is not innate. It does not come as part of the job description for anyone's job. And so just because you're wearing a police officer's uniform does not mean you know what to do with a car seat. And just because you work at a car dealership does not mean you know what to do with a car seat. So with that said, we have numerous studies that show that parents' confidence in their car seat installation bears no correlation with how well they actually installed it. Many parents are very confident in seats that they have installed very improperly. So what I want to suggest to the parents listening to this is whether you are sure you've done it right or sure you've done it wrong, please have it checked by someone trained uh, in that our misuse rate has been over 90% for decades now. Please do not assume that it is correct because in all likelihood, if you were a betting person, it is not correct just statistically. Yeah. So uh, the car seat itself should not be able to move more than an inch in either side or, or front to back. Correct. Uh, And I think what's important for parents to remember is crash forces are extreme. You want it to be really tight to the car. The looser the car seat is, the more it moves, the less it's able to absorb the energy of the crash into its shell. And it also means that the child's body moves more and is more likely to hit hard things. So tighter is better. How long are newborns supposed to stay in their infant seat? And how do you know that baby is ready to graduate to a convertible seat in the rear-facing position? Uh Uh-huh. So infant seats, the rear-facing only seats, are basically always outgrown in height before weight. Like you could have the Pillsbury Doughboy of babies and you will still have a baby that's too tall before too heavy uh, in that You'll see high weight limits of 30 to 35 pounds on most of these seats, but children are typically too tall, somewhere between 9 to 15 months. It varies by seat. Obviously, some kids are too tall sooner than that, and some kids get longer. But somewhere around your baby's first birthday, anticipate that they're too tall. And what too tall means is that the child's head is within one inch of the top of the car seat. The reason for that one-inch rule is that a child who's rear-facing, the crash forces are typically going to pull the child's body up the shell of the seat. As the child's body slides up, the head starts to slide up as well. We don't want the head to slide off the seat in any way, and so that one inch is kind of a margin of safety. And one thing that is not a marker of being too tall is your legs hanging off the edge of the seat. The legs being long does not matter. The legs can do whatever they want to do. They can sit cross-legged, frog-legged, put their legs straight up, drape one over the side, suck on their toes. I want to stress this in that we know that it's a common misconception about 
when a child is too big for the infant seat. And then it's also something that drives people to turn children forward facing in their convertible seat much too soon. So the reason the legs are not an issue, first, it is not uncomfortable. Children's bodies are not the same as adult bodies. They're not just smaller versions. Uh, children who have not gone through puberty yet have very different bone structure and ligaments. They have a lot more range of motion in their joints, especially in the infant and toddler age. Uh, they can bend their ankles, their knees, and their hips in ways that even if you're very proficient at yoga, you simply cannot do because your body is not the same. Yeah. How many of us could put our foot in our mouth? Exactly. It's also not dangerous for the legs. And I want to stress this as well. And that when a child is rear facing, let's take a frontal crash, everything moves to the front of the car. So a forward facing child or adult is going to get held back by the shoulder straps, the seatbelt or their car seat straps, but nothing holds the head back. And so the head gets whipped forward and whipped back in a way that is not very pleasant. Um, young children have a difficult time withstanding that, and it can result in injuries to the spinal cord if the child uh, is too young. So that's why we keep them rear-facing. When the child is rear-facing, they still move to the front of the car. But now what happens is that the shell of the seat cradles the child's head, neck, and back. Kind of like if you watch a baseball game and you watch a catcher catch a fastball, they catch the ball into their their glove, their glove goes back a little bit to cradle it because there's a lot of force with that, you know, 90 mile per hour fastball. In a similar way, the child's body gets cradled by the shell of the seat, the shell of the seat being like the catcher's glove. Um, and so what's going to happen is the child's legs are going to kind of tuck up into like a cannonball position during a crash. That is not a mechanism of injury. And so what ends up happening as the child's leg or legs are super scrunched in the moment of impact. It does not cause any injuries to the child. And so however scrunched the legs start out while you're driving, they get even more scrunched and it does not hurt the child. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame, so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited-time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me. <laughs> Bet you 
can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. So we have a ton of questions from the What to Expect community, not surprisingly. The first one is, can I reuse a car seat from one baby to the next? And can I borrow from a friend? Okay, so seats expire. Uh, it ranges between typically six to 10 years. So first make sure it has not expired. You also need to make sure it was never in a crash. So if you get it at a thrift store, you can't ask the history. Whereas if you get it from your sister-in-law and she was the only one who'd used the seat, you can ask the history of it. And then you want to make sure that all the parts are there and in good working order. And if it was recalled, that the recall was addressed and fixed. What's the safest place to put a car seat in the vehicle? Whatever spot you get it most tightly installed is going to be the safest spot. So you don't have to worry about side airbags or versus... No, as long as the child is properly restrained, we haven't seen any indication that side airbags are dangerous to children. And in fact, they are almost certainly beneficial to a child who is properly restrained. Is there a maximum length of time you can be driving around with your baby in the seat? If you're on a really long trip, how often should you plan on stopping for breaks to give baby a break? And you. The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that babies stay in their car seat for no longer than 90 minutes at a time. Uh, now, there's nothing magical between 89 to 91 minutes. Uh, so if you're driving and the next rest stop is 10 minutes away and you're at the 90-minute mark, don't freak out. But this also counts when you're using the car seat, not in the car. So when you get home and the baby's fallen asleep in the car seat, we want you to take the baby out of the car seat and put them into their safe sleeping environment, their best at her crib. We don't want you leaving the baby in the car seat. Yeah. And it's not the best place for a nap as well as babies often uh, sleep in a semi-reclining position, not the best place for a nap. Are car seat mirrors a safety risk or are they safe to use? So not only mirrors, but now there's a lot of targeted ads to moms with cameras that can let you see the baby. Um, the most important thing to think about is driver distraction. That is the root cause of a large majority of crashes. I do not recommend mirrors, cameras, or any other thing. I want the driver to completely ignore the baby. That might make many drivers nervous. Whether the driver is the only adult in the car or there's other adults, the baby does not need to be monitored by the driver, and everyone will be safer, both those in the car and those 
sharing the road with you will be safer if the driver pays no attention to the baby. Absolutely. And speaking of keeping a baby happy in a car seat, some babies love it and some babies and others hate, hate it. it. And yes. what are your best tips? I have a, a whole toy guide, actually. I've put my pediatrician skills to use and I have a travel toy guide on my website to help guide parents to choosing uh, toys that will be good for travel and they're all battery-free, educational, and engaging. Other things to think about is to use music that your child enjoys. That can be very soothing. For young babies, you'll see in the video that shows you how to buckle the baby that I then swaddle the child over the strap. So they're fully buckled and fully snug and then swaddled over top. Swaddling, especially an under two-month-old in the car seat, can often keep them much calmer uh, than they would be otherwise. Keeping in mind that every baby's different. So there, there are some who love the car seat, some who hate the car seat, some who love swaddling, some who hate swaddling. So you're just going to have to figure this out as you go along. Yes. For children who are uh, in the, like, over six to nine month age group that are in an infant seat and have started to really not like it, a lot of times that child can be made happier being moved into a convertible seat where some of the convertible seats will allow them to sit higher up off the vehicle seat and slump more upright now that they can sit upright unsupported. And so they'll get a better view out the windows. <laughs> but, but like you said, music soothes the savage baby, right? Yes. Often. Depending yes. on, you know, babies like different kinds of music. So experiment. Yes. And you know what? Old McDonald had a farm and my sister, who is a neonatologist, gave me this trick with her kids. She said, you know what? Just go through the alphabet. And if you can't think of an animal with that name, make it up and make up the sound. <laughs> I love the it. The easier, the better. And you know what? It works. <laughs> baby won't know the difference. Exactly. The baby <laughs> won't know the difference. How do you know it's time to, for your child to face forward. Now, I mean, yes. I have one super tiny grandson who's mm -hmm. about to turn eight. I'm not sure if he should be facing forward at this point. He's so tiny. And I have one two and a half year old grandson who's like, he's about four and a half. So what, what specifically should you look for? Yes. So when we talk about rear-facing to forward-facing, we want the child to have outgrown their convertible seat rear-facing before they turn forward-facing. So we are not talking about being too big for the infant seat. We're talking about the convertible seat. So the first thing is too big for a convertible seat rear-facing is either too heavy, which is usually somewhere between 40 to 50 pounds is the weight limit for most seats now. There are some differences. Uh, and then too tall is usually how the child is going to outgrow it, where it depends on your seat. But typically when the head is one inch below the top of the seat, then they're too tall. The American Academy of Pediatrics is recommending that kids remain rear facing until they've reached the height or the weight maximum for their convertible seat before it turns forward facing. Uh, the longer, the better. Many states, about a third of them now require children to remain rear facing until at least age two. But ideally, two should be thought of as a minimum. Is there a maximum? The maximum for that child's seat. Okay, got it. When is the time to switch to a booster seat? Again, it's a matter of weight and size. 
yes, weight and size factors in as well as some other things. So I want to define what a booster is first because a lot of parents are confused. So a booster seat is any seat where the child sits on it and wears the vehicle seatbelt across them as their restraint. That's in contrast to a car seat. A car seat is any seat the child sits on and uses the five-point harness that comes with the car seat as their restraint. So children will switch from a car seat to a booster seat when they've met the following three minimums. They should be at least five, they should be at least 40 pounds, and most importantly, they need to be mature enough to sit properly in the booster seat during the entire ride. Uh, so when they're sitting, they should not be slouching, they shouldn't be leaning over, they shouldn't be messing with the seatbelt. Uh, and then a child will remain in the booster seat until the seatbelt fits them properly without the help of the booster and their body fits properly on the vehicle seat without the help of the booster. The lap belt is the most important thing that's going to depend on whether your child comes out of the booster seat at the right time in that it is the lap belt being in the wrong place, the wrong place being across the child's belly rather than low on the lap where it will catch the hip bones during a crash. There's something called the five-step test that talks about five questions to assess whether the child is ready to ride without a booster. Just know that for the average child uh, around age 10, about 50% of kids can ride safely without a booster. So it is a lot later than people think. Even though your state law might say six or seven or eight, your child can come out of a booster, most kids need it a lot longer than the state laws. And backseat until age 13 is what's recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And when the child does move to the front seat, not only should they be at least 13, they should be mature enough to not be a driver distraction. Oh, okay. So typical teenager is going to be a problem. That child in a few years is going to be in the driver's seat. And so that's a teaching moment for the parent to set expectations for what is the behavior of the driver by helping the child learn what's the proper behavior of the passenger so that they're not endangering the driver. So I got to put it out there because we got a lot of pregnant moms on what to expect. And I would love for you to remind expecting moms why it's important to wear a seatbelt as uncomfortable as they might feel it is and the proper way to wear one when you have a belly. So the seatbelt goes the same part of your body at all times, whether you're pregnant or not. The lap belt needs to go low and flat on the tops of your thighs. The shoulder belt goes across your chest and rests between your neck and your shoulder never under your arm, never behind your back. Those make the seatbelt completely ineffective and increase your risk for head injury and chest injury. So think of your seatbelt worn properly as your baby's first car seat. Because studies show that the risk of mom or baby being hurt while babies in utero are significantly reduced by mom wearing a seatbelt. So uh, one thing I want to address, because there's a lot of targeted ads on Facebook and Instagram, there's a lot of seatbelt positioners for pregnant moms. They should not be used. I cannot be clearer about this. They're completely unregulated by the government. Wear the seatbelt as it was designed. Simply lift up the belly, put the lap belt low, snug it up, and put the belly on over top. And I just want to ask, the most common question we have in the community is, does expensive mean better and safer? No. Okay. In fact, right now in the U.S., the most expensive car seat performs the poorest in the government's crash testing. So, no, 
Now, some safety features do add cost to the seat. So uh, steel is more expensive than plastic. So some safety features require steel, like a load leg or rigid latch. So you will notice that some of those seats are more expensive than other seats. But price is not an indication of safety. Alisa, thank you so much for all of this important information and for being here today. And for everyone listening, tell us one more time where we can find you and all of that great information about car seats. So our website is thecarseatlady.com. We're also on Instagram, The Car Seat Lady. And we have a YouTube channel with lots of installation and instructional videos. That's The Car Seat Lady with the number one at the end. That's great. You're going to hold our hands through this whole process. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, big hugs. Yes. Thank you so much. Ooh, baby love, my baby love, I need you, oh how I need you. Thanks for listening. Remember, I'm always here for you. What to expect is always here for you. We're all in this together. For more on what you heard on today's episode, visit whattoexpect.com slash podcast. You can also check out what to expect when you're expecting, what to expect the first year, and the What to Expect app. And we want to hear from you. Connect with us on our community message board or on our social media. You can find me at Heidi Murkoff and Emma at Emma Bing WTE. And of course, at What to Expect. Baby Love is performed by Riley Beaterer. What to Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. In my arms, why don't you stay? Need ya, need ya, baby love, ooh, ooh, baby love. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. 
Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela Yee is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yemi's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know that's right. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 106.7 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B.